Hi, everyone. Thanks to the marvels of modern life, you are right now, wherever you are around the world, listening to me, James Eek, blasting your eardrums with episode 110, season 3 of the ever-awesome, but not as awesome as you are for listening to it, Warrior's Way podcast. Now, this is where the music would play, some cool intro music, if we had any sort of budget to make this thing, but hey, it's free, so you get what you pay for, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of getting what you pay for, you might want to think about joining me for some awesome martial arts, some fitness and meditation training on something I'm pretty proud of called the Warrior's Way Online Training Program. It's a subscription-based online training virtual dojo that allows me to show you all the cool tricks, tips, and ideas that I use to train in the martial arts that I've been doing for the past 40 years. It's things I do to stay fit, things I do to stay active, and some pretty decent instruction on how to get a meditation practice going, not to mention awesome martial arts fusion classes, which I've put together from like 10 different martial arts. It's pretty awesome, if I do say so myself, which I am. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, there's online classes you get every week. There are a ton of inst instructional videos, and depending on the membership tier that you subscribe to, you can even train one-on-one -on -one with me getting a tailor-made program, and we'll check in on each other and even do some things online together. Uh, or, if you want, you can get the most affordable option that works out to like 16 bucks a month, and that gives you the martial arts fusion class, and that's, you know, packed with knowledge bombs, and you get that every week, and you get to do it on your own. The idea is you do it a couple times a week at least. Anyhow, you should drop me a message today on Facebook or Instagram and we can figure out what works for you. I'd love to see you there. And you know what? If you love what we do here at the Warriors Way podcast and would like to see it keep going for at least another 110 episodes, it's a great way to ensure that that happens. Because you know, doing things for free. <laughs> Uh, you can find the whole thing at Warriors Way Online Training Program. Just look for www.warriorsway.life. Or like I mentioned, just send me a message on the Instagram machine and I can send you there. A quick blast before we get on to the regular business. Um, if you're listening to this when it comes out, COVID is still a thing. Uh, unfortunately, the best way that we have to get rid of it, people, and yeah, it does actually exist. Like I've mentioned before, if you're, you're tuning into this for the first time and don't know, this is a podcast about getting real and, uh, living to make this world a better place for everybody, not just our own selfish stuff. And a lot of this fringy conspiracy stuff is about selfishness and greed let's be honest um yeah that all i'm gonna say is don't be that what you want to do is go out and get yourself vaccinated that's the way we can get back to a normal life i've had my shot i'm about to get my second pretty soon and it's no big deal 
I didn't grow another arm. I, you know, am not about to start following Order 66. (laughs) It's a vaccine. It's science. It's pretty much science that we've had for a long time now. So don't be ridiculous. Get the shot. Let's get on with life. And let's get on with the podcast. I have a confession to make. I've been feeling pretty great lately. I just turned 50 and celebrated with friends and family. It's springtime in New York. We're vaccinated and healthy. And I don't wake up in cold sweats over politics anymore. Clearly, the Buddha was wrong. Forget meditation. External circumstances are the key to happiness. Actually, I don't really think the Buddha was wrong about happiness. Like everyone else, he knew that people are happy when things go well and unhappy when they go badly. And like many other people, though, he observed that those things are constantly changing and never permanently satisfying, so it's impossible to depend on them for lasting happiness. The kind that is as present in April 2020 as in May 2021. In fact, contrary to the clickbaity title, I've noticed these last few weeks illustrating the core truths of these Buddhist-derived traditions of meditation and wisdom. And here are a few examples. First, now is an exceptionally clear time to see the radical, impermanence, and conditioned nature of our inner lives. Like many people, I found that getting my literal shot in the arm brought on waves of emotion. Even though I didn't change my behavior for weeks, I felt joy, relief, gratitude for scientists and healthcare workers, as well as a fair amount of fresh grief over all that had been lost over the past year. Of course, there is plenty still to be concerned about. Tragedy in India and Brazil, the dangers posed by variants and the anti-vaxxers. It's not that everything's great. It's subjectively that it was an amazing transformation to observe. Most of us tend to think of ourselves as, well, responsible for ourselves. My moods are my business. But it's been so obvious over these past few weeks, how those moods are conditioned by circumstances. The conditions for happiness appear, boom, happiness arises. And sadness, wham, it's the same with anxiety. So whose feelings are they anyways? If my inner life is really just a more complex version of Pavlov's dog, who or what is this ego I'm so invested in protecting all the time? Clearly, I'm not nearly as in control as I think I am. Second, I've noticed the subtle distinction between changing your mood on the one hand and relating to all the moods differently on the other. Now, for many people, meditation is precisely about changing your mood. You start out stressed and you end up relaxed. And that's fine. It works for that purpose. But... That is really only the side dish of meditation. 
The main course is relating to whatever moods arise, pleasant or unpleasant, with an attitude of acceptance, equanimity, awareness, and self-compassion. You see the difference? Maybe you still feel anxious after meditating. But if you're saying to yourself, wow, that's a lot of anxiety, that's hard. With that degree of self-awareness and self-compassion, that's the main course. It's the metacognition that changes the brain, and it's the self-compassion that heals the heart. So over these last few weeks, many times I've been able to note, hmm, this is some nice joy. That's great. Of course, who knows what's coming next? I've been able to relate to the joy with a little more looseness and wisdom. I've tried to enjoy the wave while at the same time not being totally swept up by it, just as when things were tough. I tried to accept the difficult emotions while not being swept away by them either. That feels like a meditation goldmine. Finally, I've learned to really appreciate the value of this kind of relating. When I was starting out in meditation, I used to resent the inner scold ruining every good time by saying, don't get too attached now. I hear that in some kind of nasally voice, by the way. Jeez, I thought, can't I just enjoy myself? As time has gone by, though, I've noticed that I enjoy the joy more when I'm more mindful of it. It doesn't escape my notice, and I don't take it for granted. I get to seize the day and suck the marrow out of life even more than before. And I see it for what it is, delightful, fleeting, transitory. I don't find the wisdom to be dour. I find it enlightening. I enjoy it. In fact, what's wrong isn't the Buddha, but it's a misconception about meditation. The point isn't to, as they say, zen out, and never feel any feelings. It's to be as present in the ups and downs, mindfully aware, compassionate, awake. Ah, here comes another moment. I can relate to it with awareness, equanimity, with acceptance. And can I relate to it with love? So that was an article by Dr. J. Michelson. And he is the editor of Wisdom Content for the website 10% Happier. And he's been teaching meditation for about 15 years in both secular Buddhist and Jewish communities. And he's the author of something like eight books. So I have to say the article has hit it right on the head. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that they can't meditate because they get distracted or that they can't meditate because they think too much. And I have wanted to respond with usually something that sounds like, uh, duh. (laughs) Of course, dummy, you're human. Of course, I wouldn't do it, but I I really would like to. (laughs) Now that the cat's out of the bag. Here's a big secret. We all think too much. Sometimes we think the wrong things too much. I know I have, and I do. Sometimes we think the right things too little. And most of the time, we simply don't realize we're thinking at all. Meditation makes us see what is there. It's like holding up a mirror. Sometimes when we really look at ourselves, we get judgy and don't like what we see. 
mindfulness or meditation isn't about being blissed out and levitating or something, or always feeling happy and always feeling at peace. The training is about really truly seeing and feeling what is going on, and it's about getting to the heart of the matter and finding truth. Truth with a capital T. I loved the article because it is talking about this capital T truth. Like I mentioned, I had my first shot of Moderna a little over a week ago, and I can tell you that the only side effect with that first shot was relief and happiness. My brick-and-mortar martial arts school has been closed for seven months now due to COVID restrictions. Tons of students have bailed. Some students, have, they're made out of gold. <laughs> and they've stuck with me and stuck with each other. I will tell you, for me, just like all of you, this past year and a bit has been a real emotional and financial roller coaster that nothing in this life has prepared me for. Well, nothing except for my Zen training. Even with it, though, I have to tell you, I have had days where I couldn't see the light on the other side, even if it was shining in my face. Through this insane time, it's been hard not to feel like you're stretched, you're rolled, and you're wandering, wandering around blindly not knowing which way is up. Maybe more now than ever in our lives. Just like our meditation, though, we have to accept that sometimes when we sit, we walk away thinking how great of a session that was. You were chilled out and you were feeling happy. And other times we find ourselves battling our own thoughts and emotions and doing every, everything we can just to breathe and to let them go. And sometimes we're not too successful. I think that COVID, for me, maybe for you, has been a great lesson. One we will be learning for some time, I think. Unless we live in our little bubble oblivious to the world of suffering around us. COVID has taught us all that nothing is certain in this life. It has taught us all that mortality is what we have, and it is fragile for everyone around us and for ourselves. It's taught us that all the things that we cling to can be taken away from us. And it has taught us that we must, truly must, think about others first. We can't act like we are somehow special snowflakes that matter the most. You do that, and just like COVID, our actions, our stupidity, and our selfishness, it spreads and it harms others. When life gives us a lesson about compassion, that everything is changing and always changes, and about our connection with others, I would just hope that we all learn the lesson we've been given. Life can be hard. We've all seen that. What makes our training so important is that when we train properly with all the important aspects embraced, we can... <sighs> we can do great things in our lives. Challenges or our own thoughts and emotions, we can handle with compassion with acceptance, 
and with kindness. If we can do this for ourselves, we can do it for others, and we can do it for the world around us. When we embrace this path, this way, real change can happen. And when positive change happens within us, it can ripple around us, spreading outward. And when enough of us do this, just imagine the ripples we can all make together, changing this world and ourselves for better. It all starts here, though, right now. It starts with calmly watching the mind, watching the breath, letting go, and spreading to yourself and all other living beings compassion, kindness, and understanding. That's what training means. That's what this life is all about. It isn't always going to be easy. But we are strong, and we know that Buddha was right. There is a path through all of this. And walking that path is the most important thing. So there you go. The Buddha was right. (laughs) All right. Question of the week. The question of the week is from Anonymous. And I hope that isn't your real name because that would just be weird. But if it is, whatever. (laughs) So Anonymous wants to know, I found your podcast at the start of covid and want to start training in the martial arts when the pandemic is over, and want to know what martial art is the best? Wow, well, that's a great question. I think it might have been asked before, too. I'm not sure. Um, but you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> you see, no martial art is the best. None of them. They're all great. And they are all lacking. Sure. People who have only done jiu-jitsu are going to tell you that jiu-jitsu is the best. And people who have only done taekwondo will tell you the same thing. And the same goes for every single martial art out there. There are people who have only probably tried that or maybe one other thing and they've drunk the Kool-Aid. As you probably know, if you haven't been listening to this podcast, I've trained in a lot of different martial arts over the past 40 years. I have black belts in a few things and teaching rank and a bunch more. And I'll tell you, honestly, it doesn't matter. Now that I've said that, though, I need to explain. While the jiu-jitsu folks will tell you, likely because they've heard others spouting out that it's the best martial art, try rolling and suddenly the other guy has a knife instead of empty hands, and you're jiu-jitsu rolling around with someone trying to stab you, yeah, it's not going to be so awesome. (laughs) A knife really kind of changes things when you're rolling around on the ground. Same thing if you face off with someone who is really good at, say, boxing or kickboxing. All the grappling in the world isn't going to help you after a solid kick to the head with the shin. And no kickboxing or stand-up system is going to save you if a jiu-jitsu person pulls guard and throw, or throws you to the ground and chokes you out. What are you going to do if someone comes at you really trying to maim you with a stick or a dagger or a machete or a baseball bat if all you've ever done is tried a few low-speed standing still when A happens do B self-defense kind of skills? 
How do you fight multiple opponents if you've never had to do that? What do you do if you're on the ground and two people are standing trying to stomp you? Now, I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not trying to dissuade you, and I'm not putting down any martial art. If anything, what I'm hoping is that you and more people listening wake up and stop with all the foolish, closed-minded view of martial arts that's prevalent these days. It probably has always been prevalent. What we've done, perhaps well-intentioned, is make martial arts tribalized. We find something and we tell everyone how awesome it is and how it's the best and how we believe our BS and then frankly can't see through our own BS. The truth, though, is that every martial art is great and is also flawed. What makes that art great, though, is the person. So if you look at some of the greats of, you know, any martial art, it is those greats that made their art great. There are equally people in those martial arts who are not very great. <laughs> Sometimes these stellar people who make an art great and make us think that it is the best thing, tell everybody how great it is. And truth is that every system has its strengths and its limitations. What we need to do is find what works. This is why what I teach is a multi-art approach. I teach classes that are weapons-based and classes that are stand-up, classes that are on the ground, classes that are about building foundations, classes that are about getting down to it and pushing your body and mind. As many ranges as possible. So, what martial art you should do, Anonymous, it's up to you. What I would suggest is that you try out a bunch of things if you have the time. And better yet, find a school that offers a lot of different classes for all the different ranges and possibilities. It's like food. You might really like pizza, but you aren't going to think for a minute that you should only eat pizza. You need to have a varied diet. And the same goes for our training. Here's a secret. No school is the best. And in reality, no school is the worst. One teacher will be great for this person and not so great for someone else. And it's the same with every system. For me, I prefer not to have a rigid view of things. If I could, I'd honestly just throw out all the names of things and just have different martial arts classes based on what they're intending to do. But I've also been at it for 40 years. What we need is more people to see each other and training for what it truly is and less of what it isn't. Training is something that will change for you over the years if you stick with it. I sometimes forget all the different systems I've studied for all, over all the decades, all the different styles, all the different teachers, all the different schools I've been in. And that's okay. You change, and that is the constant in this life, change. What's important is that you start and that you stick with it through all of that change. That's the one thing that I think I've really learned through this COVID when it comes to martial arts too, is just how rare it is to have people that stick with it through the change and how awesome and like I said, made out of gold they really are. So... Be that person.
I hope that helps. Just do it. Get training. And I think we're going to end it there. So, like I mentioned, check us out, the Warrior's Way podcast on Instagram. Join us on Facebook. And I would love to have you join the Warrior's Way online training program. I put a lot of work into it. And uh, you know what? It's pretty affordable for what you get for it. Like I said, you can get a chance to work one-on-one with me, which is pretty awesome. It's like having private classes with me online, wherever you are. That's, I think that's cool. Then again, we didn't have this technology when I was a young guy. Uh, if you haven't yet, give this podcast five stars. If you like the stuff I talk about, Get some copies of my books. You can find them on Amazon. You can get it for your e-reader. And I think that is it. So until next time, train hard, have fun. Be a good friend and leave this world a better place. If you do that, you had a good life. Thanks a lot.